Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Got to tell you about those relief and recovery creams from Escape Artist, partially because it's the highest awarded topical brand in all of Colorado. It's one that prioritizes quality, consistency, penetrates for that deep muscle tissue discomfort. Great for your workouts before, after, and you know, it's not going to stain your clothes or sheets. Best part, you can find them at your local light shade dispensary. There's 10, soon to be 11 in the Denver metro area. Lightshade has a premium selection of cannabis concentrates, top shelf flowers, edibles, tinctures, accessories, and more. And now you can actually get 25% off all non-sale items when you use code DNVR. Shop online at lightshade.com for pickup or visit a Lightshade location near you. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now you can use promo code DNVR at sign up and get some very special offers like how to turn a $5 bet into $200 in free bets on college hoops. The entire tournament, it's still going on. We're down to the final four. Your bracket may already be busted. If you did it right, it's probably busted. Otherwise, you probably got a little bit lucky, especially with St. Peter's being all the way there in the Elite Eight. But nevertheless, you can feel a little bit better with DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, and on today's DNVR Rockies podcast, I've got so much stuff to go through right now that I don't know that I can get to some audio. It may have to wait until Thursday's show, but we're going to talk about who's having a spring. Who are the spring training all-stars? We know we should pump the brakes on that, but nevertheless, who's doing the damn thing so far in the month of March? General news and notes, and let's go through some of the important things that have been written about on the dnvr.com. Now only 50 cents for your first month if you're not already a member. But the first piece of news got to get to today is a big congratulations to Sam and Caitlin Hilliard on the announcement of their first child due in October. Not sure how much you guys tap into the social media on players that are current and former members of the Rockies with this obviously coming as some wonderful news for both Sam, Caitlin, and their entire family. So big congratulations to the two of them. On Tuesday, Rockies suffered an 8-2 loss to the Angels, the Shohei Otani Angels, no longer the Mike Trout Angels. On Tuesday at Salt River Fields, Antonio Senzatella made his second outing of the spring. It was actually his first official outing with the Rockies. You may have remembered a few days ago, he threw 52 pitches against Oakland's AAA club on the backfields there at Hohokam Park in Mesa. That was in order to keep Senza on schedule, but away from the Los Angeles Dodgers. 
Very important to do that. So he's still got his work in against the next tier of pro ball players. Now on Tuesday, he threw 60. Now on Tuesday, he threw 67 pitches and looked good through the first three. He did walk Mike Trout, the second batter of the game, but then quickly got Anthony Rendon to hit into a double play to close out the first. Had a one, two, three inning in the second and the third. Second time through the lineup, though, didn't quite make his pitches. Gave up two hard-hit balls that resulted in five earned runs. Said post-game, he left the ball in the middle of the zone. His pitch didn't do what he had wanted. It is what it is. What was that exactly? Well, it was a walk to Otani to open up the inning. Got two outs, then walked then walked first baseman and all-star Jared Walsh to put two runners aboard, but still two outs, and that was where he went, and he left a pitch in the middle, it was down in the zone to Justin Upton, who hammered a three-run home run on a fastball. Again, it was in the middle, but it was down. Maybe you get a line drive on something like that, but that's really Upton's sweet spot. Same thing happened a little bit later where Brandon Marsh singled and Kurt Suzuki hit a two-run home run, also on a fastball. This one a little bit more up in the zone. Since it said he was working... This game, as he's been all spring training on fine-tuning his slider and his changeup, really working on the command of that. Felt his curveball was on point, only threw two today, only needed to throw two today. Changeup was the difficulty for him. So, hey, you make two bad pitches, you end up giving up five earned runs in four innings, but still longest outing that we've seen from a Rockies starting pitcher so far. His goal, he said, was to throw 90 pitches in time for his first start. Will that be 90 pitches at Coors Field on Sunday, April 10th against those same Los Angeles Dodgers that were just mentioned, or will it be 90 pitches against the Texas Rangers on Monday, April 11th? Now, Buddy said that Senza has been looking to get his curveball a little bit sharper and that you know he's made a lot of strides since coming up as a young player back in 2007, making the opening day staff after really skipping AAA. And, you know, was a, was a young guy, was, you know, immature in the way young ball players are immature, but he's very much matured a lot. He's fine-tuned his diet. He's made certain alterations. And his five-year, $50.5 million extension this offseason is obviously proof of that. Now, I did just mention the Texas Rangers. That's the first road series. It's only a two-game trip before the Rockies come back home for the second week of baseball against the Chicago Cubs. But you may have heard news that John Gray was announced as the Texas Rangers opening day starter. They have a three-game series that also start on Friday, April 8th. So it does very much seem as if John Gray will not be facing his old team in Texas for the Rangers Home opener. Rangers are on the schedule against the Rockies in Colorado later in the season in late August 23rd and 24th. So maybe, just maybe, you will get to see John Gray and give him that nice standing ovation or that nice warm greeting that so many Rockies players have been getting when they come back. And Julius Chashin came in next after Senzatel did give up two runs in an innings worth of work. Again, we can pump the brakes on the excitement or the disappointment by performances in the spring. It really means not all that much, even though, of course, I'm going to tell you who the all-stars are 
for spring training so far. So we'll, we'll, we'll ignore that when we get to that segment, but really Chessine will not have that same important role that he did last year. It seemed to have gotten more and more important. There was a point, I think late in the season where there was some discussion of, well, do you, do you throw him in the ninth? Because Bard is not getting it done. Estevez, when he takes the ball in the ninth, is so-so. And so perhaps a veteran pitcher like Chasheen there at Coors Field, maybe he's the guy. But he's already said that Chasheen could be more of a two-inning guy for part of this year. And I think that really could work to Colorado's advantage, especially if everyone works out in their role as they should. Column A in the ninth, which Buddy has still yet to name him the closer. Estevez and Bard taking turns, if you will, in the seventh and eighth. And that means the sixth inning, which, again, you get good five innings out of a pitcher in today's day and age. You need a setup man in the sixth. And that's where Kinley and Stevenson come in. Chassin's in that next tier. Same thing for a guy who had a lot of success last year in Jordan Sheffield. Maybe we see Justin Lawrence. And, of course, left-hander Lucas Gilbreth is in that mix as well. Estevez, Bard, and Stevenson all worked a scoreless inning on Tuesday. Two strikeouts for each guy. Lucas Gilbreth gave up a run his first in the spring. Otherwise, he's been doing really great. On the offensive side, Randall Gritchick. Randall Gritchick. Looking really nice. He was two for two, had a double, single, and a walk. Haven't talked about his first game as a member of the Rockies yet. Was acquired late on Thursday afternoon. We talked about it on Friday's show. Saturday, he debuted, homered a 450-foot shot. Quite impressive pop from this dude. Very excited for him. He's now three for eight with Colorado in these three games, was three for six with Toronto before being traded and coming back home to Colorado. Rather, I should say coming back home to Scottsdale because he does live in Arizona. So this is nice. You know, he trained this past offseason with guys like Hampson, Dom Nunez, Austin Gomber, Ryan Rollison. So he fits in really well in the clubhouse. And as I talked about on Monday's show with Drew Goodman, you know, maybe, just maybe, with the bench being that much stronger, you're able to eke out two more wins just from the bench. Just from those bench guys, with with them being that much better, maybe that's worth an extra two wins. Well, maybe the clubhouse chemistry ends up becoming an extra two, three wins. Certainly seems like that was the case in 2007 when they made their big run to October. But yes, pump the brakes, Patrick. We're not talking World Series just yet. We've got a long way to go. But again, you know what? There's some hype, there's some buzz, there's some excitement. It feels good to talk about that. It feels good to focus mostly on that. Elias Diaz went two for three, and Connor Joe had himself a single notable, his one for three performance on Tuesday because it does extend his hitting streak to nine games. All nine games that he's been in the Rockies lineup has a hit. Gotta like that, a guy who is fighting for some playing time. I think he's got himself a spot on the roster as one of the more veteran players. We've seen Ryan Vallade already go down to minor league camp. Colton Welker, bit of news on him. He's having some issues with his eye. That's going to keep him out of the lineup for a few more days here. But he did say late last week that it could be a week that he is out of the lineup. So we're going to kind of have to wait and see. And with Connor Joe having some ability to play third base, 
first base, corner outfield, still provide that pop. Great big league at bats, draw on the walk when he needs to, or simply when the strikes are not there. He does not chase. And so he's a guy that there's a left-handed starter in the lineup. You could see Joe at the top of the lineup supplanting Charlie Blackman on those days. And there are a fair share of left-handers right now in the NL West, especially on the Dodgers and Giants. Giants have Carlos Rodon, one of their big pickups, Alex Wood, and in LA, Julio Urias, Clayton Kershaw, Andrew Heaney. Could see Tyler Anderson at some point. So those top two teams that we expect to be in there in the hunt for the NL West, Rockies can steal a couple wins with proper platoons, and Connor Joe is going to be a big part of that. Make sure you're a big part of all the fun we have down at the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax in York. As I said, it's only 50 cents for your first month on the DNVR.com where you get all kinds of exclusive articles and interviews with Broncos, Nuggets, Avs. I'm doing my thing with the Rockies. Of course, now we have Rapids going on with Rams, Buffs, Rugby, Golf. It is where it's at. Your annual membership, if you're ready to go all in, you get a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com. You can get price breaks for the Broncos tailgates, for the Nuggets party bus. We've got a Rapids package going on for Saturday, Saturday night. Check it out. MLS Fever picked up a nice, nice player from FC Cincinnati just a couple days ago. So very exciting times for the Rapids. You know, they were fantastic last year before their candle got snuffed out early in the postseason but this year is off to a really solid start as well u.s going to the world cup here this winter so it's a big time right now in the soccer world and you could be a part of that with our dnvr rapids coverage and a membership to the dnvr.com where you always get a member-sized beer at the dnvr bar good chance if you're not getting some of breckenridge brewery's good company hard seltzer your member size beer is probably an Avalanche Ale, the classic American amber that blends pale chocolate and caramel malts and a well-rounded, flavorful beer. Avalanche Ale's got caramel malts that lend whispers of toffee sweetness with a touch of bittering hops that gives this beer an incredibly clean finish. It's crafted for balance, so it's versatile. It's a satisfying anytime beer. Talking about Breckenridge Breweries avalanche ale not just at the dnvr bar with your member size beer but also king supers costco safeway wherever college basketball fans join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of year with DraftKings sportsbook turn your team's victory into your own big win with DraftKings sportsbook new customers can now bet five dollars on any team to win you get two hundred dollars in free bets if they do it's that simple DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same-game parlays. Do you know about this? You should, because this is where you can combine multiple bets from the same game for an even bigger payout. So the more legs you add, the more money you can win, even if it's all things that seem very much likely. You stack them all on top of each other, and you get a bigger payout. You get a bigger payout for these things that seem like no-brainers. It's fantastic. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR. You bet $5 on any college hoops team to win, and you get $200 in free bets if they do. 
And if they win, you win with promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-522-4700. Now's the moment you've been waiting for. Who are the spring training all-stars? Who's having a spring? Well, short answer, everyone. Everyone's having a spring. Through the Rockies' first 13 games, well, the win-loss record, not great. The win-loss and tie record, if, we're, if you're getting a point for a tie, Maybe it's not so bad. Two points for a win. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's spring training. It doesn't matter if they tie. Five wins, six losses, two ties, seven games remaining. But the Rockies going into Tuesday's contest with the Angels actually ranked third in the Cactus League and hits with 120. They were fifth in total bases with 195. Their 70 runs were fourth most in Arizona. And their nine stolen bases actually ranked tied for third. Rockies have had the most at-bats in the Cactus League with runners in scoring position. They're actually hitting 307 in those situations, good for fifth best in the league. Colorado's 35 hits going into Tuesday with runners in scoring position ranked third in the Cactus League, while those 43 RBI were tied for fifth. Of course, then they go out and they were 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position and left eight runners on base on Tuesday as luck would have it. But a lot of people have been chipping in. A lot of dudes having a really solid march. Last guy we talked about is the first guy I want to mention here, of course, Connor Joe. Going into Tuesday, he ranked third in the Cactus League in average, betting 526. He was one for three today, so that average did not dip too much. He was third in on base percentage in OPS. He ranked fourth in hits, fifth in slugging. He was doing it at first base, doing it in the corner outfield. Doing it at DH. So Connor Joe, he was a fan favorite last year. You wanted him to do it again. You wanted him to be healthy and come to spring looking sharp, and he absolutely was. In fact, speaking of looking sharp, a poll that we put out on Twitter, again, check us out, at DNVR underscore Rockies, said, now with the trade of Ryan Altapia, who's got the most swag? Who's got the most style? And y'all voted Connor Joe. He was number one. I'm sure Kyle Freeland was not too happy about that. Same thing for Yonath and Daza and his jeweler. They probably were a little disappointed. You didn't have him as your number one choice, but Connor Joe, people are liking his style. And you know what? His style right now this spring has been very, very good. Well, the top prospect that's been getting the most buzz right now, of course, is 20-year-old shortstop Ezekiel Tovar. In his first big league spring training, remember, going into last season, going into 2021, he hadn't yet played anything past short season baseball. That's it. But the newly minted sixth best prospect in the Rockies farm system that, of course, according to MLB Pipeline's new list, which just came out this past week, Tovar has been 11 for 20 against serious pitching because he's in the starting lineup. You know, there's a great tool over on baseball reference that doesn't get a lot of publicity. And again, with spring training being so short, even in, even in normal seasons, it's still short. It's such a small sample size. But they do a cool job of sh showing you and giving you an idea what kind of opposing players both hitters and pitchers have been facing. Because if you turn on a game late in the 8th and ninth, there's going to be pitchers in the game that you maybe have never heard of. And if you look them up on Baseball Reference, you might have seen, ah, last year you know, was in double A for like a month. 
And so you hit a home run against that guy. We hit a home run against a double A guy. You hit a home run against a big league pitcher. Well, Tovar has been doing it against big league talent. Two doubles, three homers, most on the Rockies. No other, no Rocky even has two home runs. A lot of people tied for second with one home run. Tovar has three. He also has two stolen bases in his nine games. He's been tied for second in total bases and extra base hits with five, as well as home runs. So he's showing that pop. Now, over the weekend, those of you that are already members and are reading the spring training notebooks, giving you the up-to-date on what's going on in the games and what's going on with the players in the clubhouse, different things that they've been doing. You know, I wrote a little bit about Tovar and the adjustments that he's made this offseason from adding seven pounds of muscle to giving up switch hitting. He's no longer a switch hitter. He's he's retired the left side of the plate, so he's been batting from the right side, talks about how comfortable he's been and how different it's been being in the big league clubhouse and you know not knowing that many guys. You got to remember 20-year-old kid English not his first language coming from Venezuela. There are a couple of Venezuelan players on the 40-man roster, but most of those guys are on the pitching side. Elias Diaz, hey, he's on the hitter side, but who's he hanging out with? The pitchers, of course. So Dover talks all about that. Make sure you go check out that article from this past weekend. Another all-star and young player, 22-year-old Elias Montero. He's 5-for-20 with a home run, 3-RBI, 2 walks against 5 strikeouts. Has looked really solid defensively both at third base, both at first base with Ryan McMahon. Now in that spot here for the next six years, you know, maybe Montero does make that official switch over to first base. And you say, well, Patrick, you know, Michael Tolia, that's his spot. Okay, well, he's going to have to earn that spot. He's only going to be at double A this season. Most likely he'll start there after finishing last season at double A. And Tolia has some things to prove. He's great defensively. So maybe he ends up being the proper first baseman and Montero becomes more of a DH guy. Again, these are good problems to have when there's a log jam in your farm system. Brett Boswell has been 5 for 15, the center fielder slash second baseman. I think he's now really more primarily a outfielder, center fielder, has 5 RBI, which is tied for second on the team, has a triple, has a home run. He's finally back to health. That's been fantastic. We've been talking about him all spring long. CJ Crone, 7 for 16, home run, 5 RBI, Took a pitch off the helmet in Sunday's game, but ended up being five fine. He passed the concussion protocols, but he said he's all right. So uh, got to see him back in the game today, of course. Brendan Rodgers, four for 13. Home run, four RBI. Was pulled from one of those early spring training games. Once they start getting back in action, it was really only a week after they had reported, but says he feels totally fine and has looked totally fine. Swinging with full force on that baseball. Ryan McMahon, hey, he's only four for 20, but he has taken two walks, and he's only struck out once. One strikeout and 20 ABs. So, again, the the results might not look like they're there, but if he's hitting the ball hard, which he has been if you're watching these games, if he's having productive at-bats, that's really all you can ask for. Jose Iglesias, similar situation. He's only four for 15, which is okay, again, for a guy who's going to be a glove-first defender for you this season and plug the hole until Tovar is completely ready. But again, only one strikeout in those 15 ABs. So you like to see that. Is he somewhat of a shortstop version of Ryan Tapia, 
Wouldn't mind that. Again, he's got that flash at shortstop. Saw him make a no-look play, uh, the start of a double play. Actually, I think it may have even been the third out of an inning. But scooped the ball up, didn't even turn his head, just, just flicked it to the left just a little bit. So that was an impressive play. I think we're going to have a lot of fun watching him at Coors Field this season. On the pitching side, Ashton Godot has two appearances, five innings, only one earned run. That did come off of a home run. Noah Davis has four innings, no earned runs, one walk, four strikeouts. So you really like what he's doing. Ty Block made two starts, went two innings, went three innings, then came in relief for one inning. He's a left-hander that right now he is on the outside looking in on the 40-man. But again, I've been talking about it the entire spring training. I talked about it during the offseason. He was a guy that, despite being a minor league invite and a minor league signing, was a player who fit in nicely with this roster. So has a even three ERA in six innings pitched, hasn't walked a single batter, hasn't given up a home run, and has struck out five. So right now he looks poised to find some room on the 40-man roster, especially with the big league roster going from 26 players to 28 for the first month of the season. Pitchers on the starting side will really only be able to go about five innings if, if things go well. And so you're going to have to eat up a few more innings than normal here in April. You can't throw Kinley and Stevenson out there every single night in the sixth inning. Eventually, that's what you're going to lean on in some of those big games that could become their role. But right now, you're going to have to just eat up a couple innings. And I think Ty Block is going to be perfect for that. It even wouldn't even shock me if he was the started out as the fifth starter in the rotation because all offseason, we talked about Ryan Rawlison and Peter Lambert. Not that they just weren't going to be ready, but that you maybe want to protect those players. You want to have a little bit of insurance for them so that they can start their season off a little bit easier so they don't have to build up innings so quickly. Two guys who really had reduced innings last year, Rawlson, because he went to the Dominican Republic, had those extra 20 innings to give him about 90 for the year. But Lambert only had the 20, only had about 21 innings last year. So you have to protect those guys. You need somebody else to go out there. And so Block could be that guy. If not, Chad Cool from the get-go, maybe Cool is the long man, and you eventually work him into the rotation. You know, they're paying him $3 million, but at the same time, hey, whoever is deserving of that fifth starter spot is the guy you need to have in there. Jake Bird, four to third innings pitched, no earned runs. You might be seeing him at some point during the course of the season. Gilbert has been really nice. Justin Lawrence, four innings, only given up one. Hasn't walked a batter, but has struck out four. So guys looking really solid so far this spring. Again, you can't put a lot into the numbers, but you can be happy with how some of these pitchers have looked here in the early going. It'll be a long season, and so... It'll be really interesting to see how many pitchers the Rockies and all teams are going to be forced to use this year. So it's going to take even more than just the 40-man roster this year to get through a marathon that is is going to be shorter than normal. Not in distance, but in, in time. You got you to cut off. We got about one week less than normal. A couple extra double headers thrown in there. And then, of course, the season ends with six games in Los Angeles, folks. Yes, six games at Dodger Stadium to round out the 2022 season in October. Really hope those games are important 
for both clubs. Our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group have taken such great care of all of our DNVR members over the years, especially all of those who've made the permanent switch. You know, despite the lockout going three plus months, and despite, you know, it seeming like the Rockies maybe weren't going to do anything coming out of the lockout, there were a lot of Rockies fans with big pearly white smiles walking around Denver thanks to Green Mountain Dental Group. And now we, we all have a re- reason to smile. Now we, we all can be excited right now with this current roster who, you know, they're poised to do some interesting things to say the least. Well, Green Mountain Dental Group is where you want to go if you want to get your own pearly white smile. Best part right now is that when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam with Green Mountain Dental Group, you're actually going to receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver. Well, one thing I'm not sure has gotten too much publicity, I think Thomas Harding maybe have writ- has written about it. I know I wrote about it last week, but it's the Pitchcom system. You may recall me talking about it last November when I went down to the Arizona Fall League. That was one of the places where they were offering this pitcher-catcher communication system called Pitchcom, C-O-M. And, well, ultimately in the Arizona Fall League, not too many guys really wanted to use it. They didn't want to adopt it. It was used last year in the low-A Cal League. So guys like Drew Romo got a chance to play around with that a little bit. Players in big league camps in Arizona and Florida have been tinkering with it. The Rays really have been going hard at it. But the Rockies have been adjusting to this new piece of technology as well. Brian Servin, Elias Diaz, Dom Nunez have been working on it. In fact, they used it in the game on Tuesday between Senzatella and Elias Diaz. Now, if you haven't seen any photographs of what this looks like, it does almost look like a Nintendo that Nintendo glove back from the late eighties or or early nineties. I'm not sure when that came out, but it's really only a forearm wristband. So it's, it's, it's a longer wristband than you would normally see kind of would cover up your forearm. And it's actually a plastic piece of equipment that a catcher can use it. There's nine directions on it and there's, you know, an enter button, like a little reset button on it. Again, if you see photographs of it, it's pretty simple, but each of those directions Aligned with a different pitch. And the catcher goes and pushes those buttons. And once he locks it in, simultaneously, both the catcher and the pitcher hear that pitch. There is a small piece of plastic. I want to say it's, it looks like it's about five inches long, I would say. It's, it's only slightly curved. So I'm not sure how comfortable it feels in the player's caps. Catchers have it in their helmet, but they've got a lot of space back there in the helmet for it. So I don't think they notice it at all. Pitchers, they might just a little bit. And there is just a little speaker in the bottom of this piece of plastic, which for pitchers, it tucks into that inner flap of a baseball cap and it goes right above their ear. And again, once the pitch is locked in, both catcher and pitcher hear it at the same time. It's not so loud that a runner on second base can hear it or the first baseman, whatever it may be. It's just loud enough for both parties to hear. Same would be true of the batter in the batter's box. But players are working with it. They're trying to get used to it. It's something that could not only help speed up the game, but it could also really help reduce sign stealing, which we know is a part of the game. You, you just go and, and you watch. Maybe a pitcher is, is tipping his pitches. Is that cheating? 
No, of course not. Is, you know, you're looking at the catcher trying to, you know, watch for the signs and, and figure out, you know, what the combination is so you can relay it back to the hitter. Is that cheating? Well, it's gaining an edge. Sure, it's cheating, but it's 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 a legal way of, of gaining an edge. Of course, we've now seen with certain forms of technology with recording it and everything that the Houston Astros have done. Of course, the Red Sox and Yankees, I think, were guilty of that. There were accusations kind of thrown out there about the Rockies, too. And so, look, all of baseball was doing it in some shape or form. So we, we do need to get past that. But this is a really good way to not only really try to reduce that, and yes, I, I'm sure there's someone out there somewhere saying, well, can't you, you know, pick up the codes and, and, and isn't there a way that you could look at the catcher's hand? I guess maybe, but again, once you mix up the combination, if you go upper left, lower right for fastball, well, the next inning you could change it to upper right, lower left on the directional pad. doesn't matter. It's a good way to help speed the game up. Carlos Estevez thought it maybe moved a little too quick for him. You know, as soon as the ball came back to him from the catcher, the catcher was down on his forearm, boom, locked in the next pitch. And before he could catch his breath, he already knew he was throwing a fastball down and in. And normally, once he gets himself set on the rubber, now he's looking in at the catcher for the pitch, but he already had his pitch. So he has to, you know, pace himself a little bit more. And that's something that everyone's going to get used to. So Take a look at that article from last week. That was a real fun one to write about. You know, really the the next wave of technology coming out. It's it's going to be used, and and it's really nice to see the Rockies adopting this because we know that in the past they haven't always been great with adopting technology and being one of those early adapters. But here in this instance, it really seems like it is, and. Again, that could be one of those ways for them to gain an edge and gain an advantage. And for all the disadvantages that the Rockies have to deal with, with playing at altitude, playing with a very large outfield and playing in an NL West with both big market teams like San Francisco and LA, they need all of the advantages that they can get. So the pitch comm system is great for that. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about my Todd Helton exclusive early on there in spring training from about two weeks ago, if you haven't already checked that out. Got to speak with him about his favorite memories from 2007 World Series, how he ended up being brought back into the organization. We hadn't really seen Helton around the Rockies. Last time we saw him really in any capacity was the All-Star game last year next to Peyton Manning. He talks about that. Had to also ask him about, well, you know, Clinton Hurdle's back and Carlos Gonzalez is back. We did later end up seeing Clint Barmas in and around the ballpark at Salt River Fields. But who else would you like to see return? Talk about Brad Hopp and Brian Fuentes as two players that would be great for not only ticking off that boxes, but also being able to impart their wisdom on these younger players. We know Brian Fuentes, the all-time saves leader in Colorado, a guy who was successful even when he wasn't pitching in the ninth inning. I think Drew Goodman brought up both those names as well for the Rockies to bring back. So doing those little things well is going to go a really long way. As I mentioned, Clint Hurdle back now in the organization as a special assistant to the GM. Thomas Harding sat down and talked with him about a week and a half ago. Got a chance to finally examine that videotape where you know he talks about what he'll be doing this year and hearing the details of it, hearing the fact that he will visit each and every affiliate. 
He will go down to, to the Dominican Summer League. He will keep an eye on not just the players, but the coaches and the managers and the relationships, all of those things. I'm feeling really good, feeling really positive about how they are going to be using Clint Hurdle for some decision-making processes. I think it's fantastic. He also had an interesting quip. And again, great article by by Thomas Harding. Make sure you check that out on MLB.com. I think that dropped at some point on Tuesday. Maybe it was Monday. But it was interesting seeing some footage of Clint Hurdle, who was mic'd up for a day, going around talking with some of the players at AAA, seeing the relationship he has with those guys, seeing him speak Spanish to some of the more – to some of the Latin American players, that was that was really cool. He he's may not be quite fluent, but he's he's fluent baseball wise when it comes to speaking Spanish. And you know, as he stepped out on the field, because he has a really great way of reflecting. Clint does. He he really does. And he talked about you know the Rockies being at High Corbett Field for 16 years. He was there for a lot of those, and how he was a part of the planning process and got to see the blueprints and everything that Kelly McGregor was was doing and trying to build Salt River Fields. And before it opened up, Clint Hurdle got the axe, was, was fired there in 2009 to make way for Jim Tracy. And Hurdle said, hey, you sometimes you might be asked to build the house, but that doesn't mean you get to live in it. And so Hurdle is hilarious. And, uh, you know, he's he calls himself a servant leader. Because he's trying to, of course, be a leader, but he needs to serve these players. He needs to listen, not just say, hey, here's what I want to do. No, let me listen and, and see what you need or hear about what you need. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what Clint is going to be doing this season and as well as next and, and getting him to see him at the ballpark too at Coors. It might not be very much, might not be that often because he's working with the minor league affiliates, but it, it's great to have a great baseball man like Clint Hurdle with the Rockies again. And finally, I just want to talk about some of the intangibles of Chris Bryant. Of course, the biggest thing that is going to be made of him is the fact he's getting paid $182 million for seven years to play in Colorado. But in getting a chance to speak with him and, and observing the press conference that he had there in Scottsdale a couple of weeks back, when he first signed again, this all goes back to an article you can read on the dnvr.com. There's a lot of intangibles that Chris Bryant brings now, maybe, maybe the least of which is his humanitarian efforts. You know, just, just a great guy, great clubhouse guy. Wouldn't surprise me if he gets the Chris Bryant foundation off the ground, doing something here in Denver, a city that he's long had an affinity for, but we've seen him donate money uh, and help support the All In Challenge, Wings for Life, Wounded Warrior Project. He came out immediately, uh, did a little video with Bryce Harper after the Las Vegas shooting there, I think in 2017. So he is a guy who has a very big heart. And now that he's got a big wallet, I'm sure he's going to want to you know, support the community even more. To a lesser degree, one of those intangibles that we're really not going to see all that much is his positional flexibility. You know, that seems like it's been one of the biggest values for him. And some of that value, I'm not going to say he's getting flushed down the toilet, but, you know, it's not going to be utilized by the Rockies. But that's simply because they don't need to. Now, they will, but they won't really need to at first. You know, despite the fact that Chris Bryant has played 75% 
of his games at the big league level at third base, he is going to be the Rockies' left fielder. Now, he can move around, so there may be times, depending on the players that are available for Buddy, you could have Connor Joe in left, Charlie Blackman in right, and Chris Bryant in center field. You know, where's Grichuk? Where's Hilliard? Where's Daza? You know, they might not be available that, that day, whatever it may be. So, you know what? Chris Bryant can move over to center field, and you feel okay about that. So, we'll see that. We could also see a moment in which the Rockies could be down an infielder. So, you're going to need to have Chris Bryant in for Ryan McMahon late in the game. Or if Ryan McMahon goes on the IL, you may see Chris Bryant slide over to third base. Could see him over at first base. In fact, maybe by the by the time his career winds up, you know, at the end of his seven years, he could become more of a true first baseman. And he's a guy who's played on the dirt. He's played on the infield, so you feel confident about his abilities over there. First base looks good. You know, yes, he has a couple innings at shortstop. You know, he can he could be fine there. So can Ryan McMahon. Maybe you'd probably rather have Ryan McMahon at shortstop than Chris Bryant at this point, partially when you consider the investment made on Bryant over McMahon. Both those guys, there's a lot of an investment on, but eh, you probably put McMahon over there if you need to. Maybe even Brendan Rodgers and put McMahon at second. Whatever. So Chris Bryant, while he will start opening day in left field, you may see him in other spots in and around the ballpark defensively. You know, Chris Bryant also is very much a marquee name for this organization that frankly didn't have a lot of buzz going on with it as far as marquee names go. I mean, they do have Marquis himself, Herman Marquez, him and Charlie Blackman going into this offseason. They were the only two players on this roster that had ever made an all-star game. And that was the lowest in, in history. Now, granted, we may look back on the 2022 roster and you could say, hey, Ryan McMahon eventually made an all-star appearance. Kyle Freeland did. Senzatella, Gomber, Randall Grichuk. Like there, there are numerous guys who eventually at some point, you got to think if things go well for them in the first half, it wouldn't shock you that they're going to be an all-star. But you only had two proper all-stars going into the season. They signed Jose Iglesias and Alex Colome. They're in the mix. They both have an all-star appearance under their belt. But you have maybe, even if you just forget about that, because believe me, there are all-stars that you do forget about. Like, oh yeah, that guy made the all-star team, but I don't really think of him as being this great player. That happens. That happens at times. But in 18 months, after the 2023 season, Charlie Blackman and Kyle Freeland are no longer under club control. And when you talk about the most familiar faces now for the Colorado Rockies, at least if you look at <coughs> at least if you look at that roster that they were going to take into this season, Blackman, Freeland, and Marquez, they, those guys were all at the top. And if you're going to lose those two players in Blackman and Freeland in 18 months, you've got to replace them somehow. Now, they've also traded Ryan Maltapi, who's another one of those faces. That whether you have his jersey or not, you you love yourself some Ryan Maltapi, right? And I think we always will. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. does look pretty sharp still in the Toronto Blue Jays blue. But Chris Bryant offers that marquee name that's going to help make the Rockies look a little bit more familiar, both in their home ballpark and on the road, and when it comes to maybe selling advertising space 
at McGregor Square, which, hey, we can't get ourselves. That does have something to do with this. And then finally, which you know, maybe the biggest part, it might not seem it right now, depending on how high you are on the 2022 Rockies, but his final intangible is his postseason pedigree. He's been to the playoffs six of his first seven years in the big leagues, was a part of that special Cubs club that helped break the curse of the Billy Goat first World Series on the north side in 108 years. And obviously, Chris Bryant doesn't have everything to do with that, but he was integral in winning that World Series and just overall his playoff experience. After the loss of Arenado and Story, even guys like Carlos Gonzalez a couple years back, there's not a lot of Rockies players who have playoff experience. Again, going into this offseason, Charlie Blackman led the way with 21 plate appearances. Ryan McMahon, four. Garrett Hampson, one. And Ryan Tapia had one as well. But that was it. That was it. You brought in Jose Iglesias, 31 plate appearances, so even more than Charlie Blackman, of course. That all came in 2013 with the Tigers, so that's almost a decade old. Randall Gritchick, 52 plate appearances. I was mostly with St. Louis back, I'm not going to say not a full decade, but 2014, 2015, when he was very much a young man at the beginning of his career. But with more postseason, but with more plate appearance, but with more postseason plate appearances than all of the rest of the 40-man roster, Chris Bryant with 185 plate appearances. It's that kind of postseason pedigree that's an intangible that the Rockies paid a little bit of an overage for. And it might seem an unnecessary overpay now for him, but if this team really comes together this year, like Bill Schmidt is hoping, like we're all hoping for, but if it comes together, the Rockies will be leaning on him to provide that kind of leadership along with Charlie Blackman, of course, along with a guy like Jose Iglesias, who has that kind of experience. Just because you might not have a large resume with playoff games on it doesn't mean you can't get there. But Chris Bryant's biggest intangible for the Rockies right now is that postseason pedigree. So we'll see if in the next seven years they can tap into it in some shape or form. Make sure you're signed up on the DNVR. You are one of our members at the DNVR.com for only 50 cents for that first month. Again, you get all four major sports, Rapids, Rams, Buffs, golf, rugby, member-sized beer down at the DNVR bar, discounts, and additional raffle tickets at the watch parties, discounts on all the tailgates and party buses, all that good stuff. Again, only 50 cents for your first month. And if you want an annual membership, you get all that, including a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at the DNVR. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies. I'm at Patrick D. Lyons on Twitter. It's been great. It's been fun. Still got some, still got two more shows this week before we get to opening week. Yeah, it's still like a week and a half away. But man, once we hit next Monday, we're all going to be able to smell green grass and the hot dogs the Breck Brews in the air at Coors Field. I hope to see you down there. 
reach out to me again. You've got the Twitter handle. Email me, Patrick at the DNVR.com. Love to meet up with you down on the concourse. Love to meet up with you at the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax and York. Absolutely. This has been a blast, as it always is. An honor talking to you. Appreciate the passion and the love and for listening throughout this entire episode, even up to this point, even up to my babbling at the end for my sign off, which is as much fun as this has been and as great as it's been, you know, momentum, it frankly is only as good as tomorrow's podcast. So I'm going to work my butt off so I can do it again tomorrow. Talk to you then.